Pylon listeners, we are back. It's been a few weeks off. We've been uh, recovering from the NFL season, but you know, the offseason's about to start. Actually, when we're recording this, this is the first day teams can start franchising players. They have two weeks to do so. And we might get into that a little bit, but we are here to discuss on this podcast today. Well, before we get into it, let me introduce the rest of the Packers. So I'm Big Z representing the Detroit Lions. Let's get to the rest. So we got Kinger representing the Packers. Boys, good to be back with you. Feels like it's been quite some time. Go Pack. Then we got Remy representing the Vikings. Skull to the bowl, purple rain in control. Go Vikes, baby. And then last but not least, we got Barney representing the Bears. The Allen Robinson watch has officially begun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, I mean, we got a, a lot to talk about here, but what we're going to do just to kind of focus the conversation. So each of us are going to kind of be uh, an acting GM for each of our teams. And what we're going to do, we're going to discuss one free agent that we would like to sign, one trade that we'd like to make, and then what we're going to do day one of the draft. And some of these might overlap a little bit. So we're going to go around to each of those. But first, gentlemen, we're going to start off with one free agent signing you want to see. And let's throw it over to you, Barney, first uh, for the Bears. What are they going to do in free agency here? Uh, who is their number one target? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, you don't have to look too far when it comes to their free agent signing. Uh, I think it would be a really big mistake to let Allen Robinson go. Um, he's just one of those wide receivers that uh, – I mean, you know he's getting the ball – or he's getting the – 13 or 14 looks each game and you know it's just up to the defense if they can stop him and and they usually don't uh he's really he's he's been a big possession receiver for the bears uh he's been instrumental in moving the chains on an offense that doesn't move the chains well without him um uh, so you know for me Allen robinson has got to be the guy i cannot believe that we haven't signed him or uh, extended him during the season and took care of other guys like Tariq Cohen in the process. But, uh, you know, for me, I'm staying in-house. I uh, I want AR-15, I'm sorry, AR-12 back on, back on the <laughs> Chicago Bears. And what do you what do you think the likelihood of that happening is? Do you, what do you, have you heard any rumblings? What What is uh, the likelihood of that? So the business side, uh, you know, I, I think the most likely scenario is probably that we're going to issue a non-exclusive franchise franchise tag that basically allows other teams to negotiate with him, and if they sign him to a to an offer, the Bears have a chance to, uh, you know, match it. However, with the non-exclusive franchise tag, a lot of teams will be reluctant to try to, you know, put in an offer if they really don't want them, you know, because sometimes it's a strategy to try to just up the price, uh, you know, to make maybe maybe a divisional rival have to sign a higher contract than than normal. Um, but with the non-exclusive, if a team takes him, like if they were to make an offer and the Bears don't match it, the Bears get their, it might be two. I, I know it's one first-round pick. So... Uh, I don't think there will be too many offers to him. Uh, right now, the franchise tag would most likely be around $17.8 million. Uh, if that's applied, I think that's the most likely scenario. But um, I, unless we trade him, unless we sign him and trade him, I just can't see us fumbling this, this, uh, this decision here. All right. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Uh, 
Is L. Robinson coming back to the Bears? I I would say, well, based on that, I mean, I didn't heard all those details. My my first guess was going to be no. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to come back, uh, but may, maybe he will if that's going to be the situation that plays out. And especially with a year with lower salary cap and uh, veterans probably getting a little less money, uh, that might be uh, the best option. I would have guessed no as well. I mean, it just kind of seemed that he was pretty unhappy with the Chicago Bears organization as the season progressed last year. Um, you know, with the quarterback situation still being pretty shaky in Chicago, uh, I believe, I mean, I think he tweeted, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but during the Super Bowl, he wanted to go get a ring. Um, you know, so it seems like there could be other suitable candidates out there, but Barney obviously just, you know, stated some facts that I didn't know either. So, uh, I'd still put that at 50-50, but I do think the Bears, that's got to be priority number one. They're, uh, you know, Robinson is definitely a top 10 wide receiver um, when he's healthy in the league, and uh, that's definitely one that I don't think they'd want to let go. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go down to Minnesota. Remy, who is going to be the number one target uh, or person that you would like to sign as a Minnesota Vikings GM? Rick Spielman. Yeah, so uh, I think it makes most sense to, when you look at this Vikings roster coming up, you look at the defense first and foremost, and you're getting guys back that you didn't have last year, like Daniil Hunter, uh, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks for the, latter, for the last couple games of the season. You're getting all these guys back, and so it almost makes sense. you got a pretty solid line, but you got to go sign Leonard Williams. He could wreak havoc right off the rip. Your D-line would be insanely solid then with Michael. Michael Pierce is uh, was our free agent signing last year that didn't play a snap because of COVID concerns. So you're looking at potentially a Fetty Adenabo, Michael Pierce, Leonard Williams, and Daniil Hunter, and that would be insane in my opinion. It would definitely help the pass rush, which lacked this season. Um, at one point, the Minnesota defense had – 19 sacks, and Daniil Hunter had like 14 and a half by himself last season. So I definitely think pass rush. But if I were to have it my way, I would go sign Leonard Williams. Um, yeah, I just I think it makes sense to go sign uh, the pass rush. What about a guard out there? Uh, you, you don't you don't think you'd rather have D line than offensive line because the Vikings have needs at offensive line too. And Brandon Scherf and Joe Thune are two names that uh, popped up in my. They are but, research for the Minnesota Vikings needs. <laughs> Iowa boy. They I would not oppose Brandon Sheriff. I wanted to draft Brandon Sheriff back when I believe Bridgewater was having trouble uh with our our O line's been a problem forever. So I've wanted to draft Sheriff. I would not be opposed to that. Only because um, you know, I would rather trade for an O lineman, a proven O lineman, than draft one. Uh or go sign one, sorry. So yeah. Um Brandon Sheriff does make a good case, though. What? What? Do you guys have any reaction to Leonard Williams uh, going to uh, Minnesota? I have his project. His projected contract would be four years, twenty million dollars uh, a year. That, that's what. Uh, at least looking at PFF here, they have like all the projected salaries, and that's what his projected contract is right now. Would you pay twenty million for Leonard Williams? I think he's uh, he's definitely worth that amount of money. He played really solid in New York, both teams. Um, but, you know, it, for me, uh, when I'm looking at, you know, the Vikings defense, I don't necessarily think the D-line is the issue, uh, especially with the guys coming back. I, I would I would more so 
point point the arrow at some of the other positions where you need veteran leadership. But I mean, at the same time, would Leonard Williams make that defense a hell of a lot harder to to score on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think where he really excels, Remy, is the run defense, not as much as, as pass rush. Actually, that that's where he gets the higher grade, at least normally. That would help because uh, I believe we are almost dead last in pat and pass, or I mean, in run stop. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't beat a good uh, run defense. Uh, Kanger, yeah, yeah, I'm, he's coming off a, a solid season, like Barney said. Um, and the Vikings, although I do agree with Barney's statement that maybe the D line isn't the number one um, thing that I would address if I was the GM of the Minnesota Vikings, um, having a dominant run force like that with a guy who does have the ability to put the pressure on the quarterback. Um, that's something that could do wonders for those edge rush edge rushers on Minnesota. Um, you know, like you said, twenty million is pretty steep. I don't exactly know what Minnesota's salary cap situation is looking like, but but he's earned it. And throwing a guy like there um, on any team that does have some guys that have the ability to rush the quarterback, I mean, you know, it's definitely going to be an improvement on that defense. As far as the uh, the salary caps go for for all four of our teams, we're we're kind of all in the same area. I know. I know things will uh, definitely change. Um, you know, once once teams start shedding some of that weight with cutting a lot of guys. Uh, but right now, as we stand, uh, with thirty two being the uh, the least amount of money to spend, Detroit's in twenty two, the Bears are at twenty three, Packers are at twenty five, and the Vikings are at twenty six. So I mean, we're all right in the same area. But again, it's all going to change in a couple weeks. Yeah, so the, I mean, the salary cap is going to be 180 million, which is five million more than NFL teams projected, but still a drop off of what, like 15 million, uh, where they were expecting going into the season. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of on the fly adjustments uh, for a lot of our teams. A lot of these teams are going to be over the cap, and they're going to have to get really creative. There's going to be a lot of cuts around the league, so there'll be there'll probably be a lot more free agents than we even uh, are thinking of right now uh, with all these teams. <laughs> If you look at overthecap.com right now, the New Orleans Saints are $65 million over the cap. <laughs> um, I don't think they included like Drew Brees. Like, yeah, that'll change, I think, yeah, and other things. Once Brees, but still, yeah. it's outrageous how much the Saints are flirting with uh, that cap space. <laughs> yeah, Remy, go ahead. Yo, so we haven't even addressed the big elephant in the room on who nobody, I'm surprised nobody wants to sign J.J. Watt yet. I guess I could have change my pick in an ideal way to jj watt right so uh i mean let's throw that over to kinger actually uh, and we'll throw it back to barney too because two of the teams that have been at least discussed are the packers uh packers being of course where jj watts from wisconsin uh so it makes sense and also they're from based on last year they're pretty close to getting to a super bowl also with aaron Rodgers. and then you got the bears where his wife uh lives and plays in chicago uh so well, I don't know if she lives in Chicago, but she definitely plays in Chicago uh, for the Red Stars, the women's soccer team. Uh, but Kinger, let, let, let's go. We'll get back to J.J. Watt in a moment. Who is your free agent pick? And then we'll get back to J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's obviously been a name, like you already mentioned, that has been thrown around Green Bay a whole lot. Um, and it seems to be, just based on what I'm seeing on Packers Twitter and the people I'm talking to, that seems to be the guy who a lot of Packers fans want to make a move for. Um, you know, J.J. Watt is... You know, getting a little older in age, he didn't isn't having quite the success and having quite the stats that he obviously had um, when he was in the prime of his career. But he's still a very effective pass rusher. Um, still one of the most double team guys in the league. So he absolutely could be somebody um, that could be beneficial to 
Green Bay and help them on the defensive side of the ball. But if you're asking me, um, it seems like it's trending that he wants a lot of money. Um, and like we kind of talked about in regards to the salary cap situation, uh, I don't know that it's worth it, in my opinion, to throw the house at J.J. Watt. Um, because although I do think he would be you know, an impactful player on the defense, I really like our young pass rushers. I mean, Zadarius Smith still in his late 20s. I wouldn't necessarily describe him as young, but Rashawn Gary really came on strong last year. Um, and, you know, I think drafting potentially, we have a couple other young guys as well um, behind him that are showing some promise. So I don't know if, you know, using utilizing what little cap space we have thrown at a J.J. Watt is necessarily what I would do in that position. I personally have said it. I would like to focus potentially on that secondary a little bit more. Um, outside of Jair Alexander, we've got two great safeties in place right now, still young with Amos and Savage, but we are really struggling in that second cornerback position. I'd love for us to go get a guy like Patrick Peterson. Um, it seems like all signs are trending that the Cardinals are going to part ways with him. Uh, you know, he's 30 years old now, getting a little bit older, isn't quite playing at that all pro level that he once did, but he's still a very effective player. Um, and with, you know, we'll talk about this draft in a little bit. It seems like the cornerbacks are going to be pretty top heavy this year. Um, so it might require the Packers to move up a couple spots if they really want to go get one of their, these elite guys in the draft this year. I think bringing in a veteran like Patrick Peterson, um, think we'll probably be able to get him at decent value, um, putting him alongside Jair and help mentor some of those young guys in the secondary. I'd much rather see Green Bay go, uh, you know, go make a move on him than say JJ Watt. Although I'm not going to be furious if we get JJ Watt as long as we don't just, you know, pay him everything he's asking for because it sounds like he's still asking for a good chunk of change. Just a good time to remind you of Kevin King's performance in the NFC mm, Championship. No, game. it is not. I love that. <laughs> it is. It I is was not. just about to bring that up. Good thing you never bought his jersey, man. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> You know, and it's funny, my number growing up and everything was 20, so I always thought it would be sick, you know, when he got drafted. I drafted number 20 King, like, you know, my old high school plan jer uh, jersey number that I wore for uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I can't go get a Kevin King jersey. <laughs> that would have been a terrible purchase. <laughs> um, you can always get a number 20 line jersey for Barry Sanders. Yeah, I'd rather, sure. I'd rather wear the Barry Sanders <laughs> Lions jersey than a Kevin King Packers jersey. All right. <laughs> Um, I mean, man, I don't know. I, I, J.J. Watt seems to disappear in some of the games lately, though. I, do you think he still has enough motor to like be an impactful defensive player? That's that's another thing I'm, I've I do because tried to understand about him because the rest of that Houston D line was really bad. So I think he got double teamed a lot more than. I have uh, gotten to watch the film to completely understand, but that's my understanding. That's the thing. He's the second most double-team guy in the league, defensive lineman in the league this year. Um, it's like when we say like Khalil Mack hasn't made any plays during this Bears game, but he, I mean he's impacting the game in the other ways that maybe don't stop in the statue, and that's kind of what J.J. Watt's been doing on the Texans, uh, at least this last year. That defense was horrible, <laughs> and he was the best player on it by a mile. Uh, so it's a little hard to say. Like When you, when you say his stats were down and stuff uh, – That'd be the argument against that, I suppose. Yeah, and honestly, I think it'll have a residual effect on if he goes to a team. I think he would be a if he's if he doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I think he would be a good landing spot for any contender. Uh, but you know, like with with the Packers, he could be instrumental with the young guys. Uh, even if he's you know not the exact all pro guy he was, he brings that mentality, that lunch pail mentality, and uh, when that gets deep in the season, I mean that can. I can do a lot to bring out the best in some of the guys that maybe, you know, are the unsung heroes that, 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 you know, show up late in the season and really help a team. So 
Uh, I I don't think the Bears have a have a shot at getting them. We don't have any money. Uh, we already are the uh, uh, most expensive defense in the league. I the only way we could get them is if Portillo if he if he really loves Portillo's <laughs> and uh, Lou Malnati's enough because they they have offered lifetime uh, uh, eats there. So oh, did um, they? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's on the table. Who knows? He might be able to eat a sizable contract, uh, in, in just those two foods, but, um, I don't, I don't think he really, he really stands a chance. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be shocked. Uh, if he came to Chicago, just because of, you know, when you think of you're trying to win a ring, especially where he's at in his career, uh, you know, Chicago seems a little further than some other teams that are available on the list. Um, and then, King, going back to you, uh, who are the top cornerbacks available right now on the market? Oh, William Jackson's out there. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know the that the cornerback market this year in this free agent class is overly strong. Um, I'm yeah, you're right. William Jackson, Richard Sherman's available. Desmond King, Mike Hilton, Shaquille Griffin, Troy Hill. Those are some of the names. Uh, the top names right there. But, yeah, it's definitely a weaker market than um, in past years for sure. Quinton Dunbar, Xavier Rhodes. What hey. do you want to see, Xavier Rhodes in a Green Bay uniform? Hey, he played well. He played well until he got all banged up. I mean, he was the hottest cornerback, I want to say, in like the first like six or seven weeks. He had like three picks yeah. or whatever. 30 years old. He's a story you know, of like his career. Fine wine. You said Patrick Peterson. Uh, he's 31, uh, and he definitely had a down year last year. Number 120 ranked cornerback for PFF. So, um, but they also they also uh, had some issues with their pass rush as well, which always reflects poorly on the cornerbacks. Uh, so yeah, th- th- those are some names to throw out there from the cornerback position. Uh, but yeah, definitely a, a, a slightly weaker year maybe than in years past, right there. So uh, let's move on now to Detroit, my Lions. Uh, we already explained their salary cap that, you know, they're right on the edge of uh, being over uh, or under. Like, they're flirting with that. They're also in a retool mode. The, the I'm saying retool because no one in the building is saying the word rebuild. They like using the word retool. I don't know if the, the HR department or their, uh, what do you call it? The marketing department must have said, let's use this word. It's uh goes better with the media or something. I don't know. But either way, they're retooling the roster for the next few years. So the Lions are not going to be huge players in free agency, I believe. They're not going to you know, go sign a Trey Flowers-type contract, like $90 million. But I do think they're going to sign someone kind of young. And I, I have two names on the list, and I can't decide which one. Uh, but I do think they're going to go back to a 4-3-type defense. Uh, they have Todd Wash as their defensive line coach. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, defense corner the last few years, and I think that that's going to reflect on what kind of D lineman they want. So, um, there's two guys I have in mind. Uh, so, the, I mean, this would be surprising if they got him, but I love it. He's 25 and a half years old right now. Carl Lawson, four years, 13 million dollars a year is what his projected contract is. But underrated pass rusher, number 14 for PFF uh, last year from the Cincinnati Bengals. That's probably why no one pays attention to him because he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals but man the, the guy is a good athlete good player uh and the Lions desperately 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 need pass rush uh 
I mean, Leonard Williams would be the ideal guy, but the Lions are not shelling out $20 million for an interior D lineman this year. <laughs> so Because they need more than anything an interior D line pass rush. Uh, but they're not getting that. So they can at least get some help out the edge. The other one, I mean, they can always re-sign Romeo or Quara. I don't know what his expected contract is. I'll be really fascinated to see if he gets 11 or $12 million, uh, because he's kind of like a one-year wonder right now. He's progressively been getting better, but I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll, that'll be hard to say. But right now my pick is Carl Lawson. The other one I had on my mind was Trey Hendrickson. Uh, if we can get him, I would. I, I, I love watching him play too. Just from a fun standpoint is Trey Hendrickson. I love that he plays no gloves on his hands. He never, no D lineman in the league. He's the only one I know of right now that plays no gloves on his hands. So he sticks out like a sore thumb on the field. But, I mean, he's a really good – he's – on the upward trend. He's 26 years old, so he's still a really young guy, too. And if the Lions want one of the, these guys that they signed to be around for a while for to build that roster that they want, then that's who uh, I'll go with. But let's move on now to one trade we'll make. And this one might – so uh, and this could combine kind of with uh, what you'll do on day one of the draft, I guess, because I think me and, at least me and Kinger, I know, uh, might combine these two categories – so let's start with you now, Remy, though. What's one trade that you have on mind uh, as a GM? So this is where we go and we trade for Orlando Brown, not the actor. No, <laughs> uh, the tackle for the Ravens. Um, this is where I think Minnesota finally gets a good solid tackle. Um, you can either cut reef and save a bunch more money restru or or use them move them over at guard and solve our, our guard issue um, but i think trading for orlando brown makes some sense um we do have we obviously have a first round pick um i believe we have like three third rounds and like four fourth rounds um we're pretty loaded other than having a second round pick um so whatever you got to do to get it done I think trading for a tackle makes the most sense if you're Minnesota. All right. Uh, I mean, they de they definitely need offensive line help, like we were saying earlier, for sure, Remy. Uh, let's go now to Barney, and I'm really interested to see if you have a quarterback here that you're going to trade for. Because, uh, I mean, that that's what all the talk is, at least, with, in Chicago right now, is trade – I don't, Carson I don't Wentz was on talking. the table for a long time. Uh, we didn't. We never got to talk about that here on the pod because we took a little, uh, you know, layoff when all that talk was going on. But you end up not getting Carson Wentz probably to. It seemed like the joy of all Bears fans that they didn't end up trading. Uh, for yeah, we, him. we didn't even make an offer. Uh, everything that you guys are, you know, were sending in the chats, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, was all malarkey. There was. Don't you love even... all these uh, Twitter insiders now? Like somebody with uh, thirteen hundred followers is like trying to like, be moves. the guy that breaks the news. Yeah, that yeah. when someone sends me one of those and I see like this guy's a thousand followers, uh, pass. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I'm really happy we didn't trade for Carson once. Um, you know the 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 easy answer here, the cop out is just bucking up and going for Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, it's just, for me, it's just a, a winner. And if you were to match him up, I believe, with uh, our defense uh, being as good as it is, I think he's the guy that we can depend on to cross that 20-point mark. However, 
I I mean, I don't really know what that kind of proposal would have to be. Uh, somewhere around three picks and. And honestly, the, I don't even know if Pace and Nagy are going to be around for so long. So I really, I won't dive into something like that. Uh, I, I, I actually had Mister Brown as my uh, as my trade target as well, um, and 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 for a few reasons. Um, you know, he's he's voiced his displeasure with uh, playing as a right tackle. He uh, told the Ravens that. He wants to start. He wants to play for a team and be a left tackle. Uh, the Ravens, you know, just signed Ronnie Stanley to, uh, you know, at the top offensive tackle paid um, at least at one point in the last season. Um, so they kind of got their their hands tied with this guy. I think he has one more year left on his rookie contract, which makes him cheap. Um, but you know, I I, I kind of look at this as a, a situation where Bears might be able to try to try to pull a win-win for both teams. Um well they'll probably be asking for somebody, you know, that can play that right tackle position and step on in. And then they'll probably want some sort of draft capital as well. And you know with the Bears, the PFF for all of that I hate them, I'm gonna use them as a as a uh a good point here. Uh somebody that I want off the team and I wanted off the team forever is Charles Leno. Um you know, oh, he's said nothing but great things about him over the yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that's a guy that can day one start at right tackle unless they, they were to choose, uh, you know, somebody in the draft. But, you know, I, I would have to say probably a third-round pick would have to go with him. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of mix up all pro and pro bowl uh, players. Uh, mm. Orlando has been to the pro Very bowl true. twice, but – you know, in today's Pro Bowl, it, that, that really doesn't mean too much. Trubisky was a Pro Bowler, right? Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, there's a lot of people that just uh, deny it, or you know, and whatnot. So, um, you know, he's a he's a, a he played very well. I'm not trying to knock on him, but he so could come trade, cheaper. What does the trade look like then? What are you giving up? I I, I think you you'd give him Leno uh, to start in at right tackle, and then s- some draft compensation, which I would say is probably like a. a third round pick or, or something like that. I wouldn't go too crazy, but you know, the, the leverage really isn't with Baltimore. If you got a player saying he doesn't really want to play at that, you know, at, at, at uh, that right tackle position. And, you know, um, at the end of the day is basically saying once the year is over, I'm going to definitely be looking free agency. So, um, you know, as long as it's reasonable, I would say let's, let's uh, go out and scoop up, uh, Orlando Brown, because I don't know if you guys were paying attention to the Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes, having been rushed and hurried 38 times, that is exactly the Patrick Mahomes that would have been a bear. Like that, like behind the yeah. line, fighting for his life, making incredible plays, but that is the Patrick Mahomes that would have been a bear every fucking game. That's true. So, I, so, I would... I would agree with that. Uh, so does that mean we give Mitch Trubisky a break and, uh, you know, he's actually a way better quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give anybody that's, that's that's uh, you know, under center in Chicago with, with the offensive line that we tried out. I, I, I mean, I must have talked about it every fucking podcast. Uh, yeah. But at, I will say at the end of the year, some of the guys really stepped up and I, I you know, I it, it definitely ended – 
on a much higher note, and it's it's much easier fix than uh, you know what the first six or seven games were were you know kind of showing us. So, um, I I think offense offensive line's got to be where the Bears look early in free agency or early in the draft. I don't really give a shit. It's just it's got to be priority number one. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's let's go over to Kinger now. And I think you're going to mix a little bit of our third category in with this one, right? Uh, so what the, the the next category is what would you do day one of the draft? So uh, go for it, Kinger. There are a lot of options here, a lot of scenarios that I could see uh, panning out for the Green Bay Packers here, right? And I know we're talking trades, and I think realistically the most likely trade scenario for Green Bay is going to be on draft day. And, you know, I'm sure Jordan loves replacement. Jordan loves replacement. Exactly. <laughs> we could, hey, we could flip Jordan Love right now. You know, you know, that's what people are saying. Give him a first one year on the bench and just flip him. You know, keep Rogers for the next five years. You know, that could actually be a thing. You know, if Rogers keeps playing at elite level one day to have a conversation. But yeah, not right now. Um, and I think it really is going to come down to, you know, how this board goes um, on, obviously, draft day. Right. Um, the three needs that. I think Green Bay needs to address going forward is, is we do need another cornerback like we already talked about. I think we could use another offensive lineman, specifically a tackle, um, although we do have some depth there. And then wide receiver is always going to be um, you know, something that we could be potentially looking to add. But I do like our core three coming back next year with Adams, Lazard, and MBS because MBS really did come on strong um, towards the end of the year. He actually, you know, Drops are always going to be an issue with him, but he earned his performance uh, bonus this year, played 75% of the snaps, and you know he's looking for him to have a breakout year. He's only second behind Tyreek in 2018 with the most 40-yard reception, so definitely a solid deep threat there. Um, currently, you get Funches back, too. We do get Funches back, right? We'll see if he actually you know continues to be a part of the squad or how much he actually impacts, but he's definitely he does come back as well. Um, so we currently own the 29th pick in the draft. Um, you know, Brian Gutekunst, I believe this is his fourth draft now going in. Um, and he's made some trades and he hasn't been afraid, uh, to make some trades on that, in that first round. If he sees players that he liked, you know, going up and getting Jair, uh, going out and getting Jordan love last year, um, hasn't made any massive moves. Um, you know, kind of sticks green Bay's obviously been pretty good. So we've had those late twenties picks, but he's been sticking somewhere and you know, that 15 to 25 range. And depending on how that board goes this year, I could see him making a trade up. Um, you know, say with the Jets at 23, giving up a third or fourth round pick and going to get one of those cornerbacks. I think Sertain will definitely be gone by that far, but um, I really like J.C. Horn. Uh, he's, you know, second or third uh, highest rated corner right now on most boards out of South Carolina. Big physical corner. Um, would love to see him in a Green Bay uniform. Um, I think it would make sense. The Jets are still kind of in rebuild mode, trying to gain some draft capital as well. That could be something that... Um, you know, I could see Green Bay doing if they stay at 29, um, you know, and those corners are gone because, again, it does look like they're pretty top heavy. A guy that I would be targeting would be Christian Barmore out of Alabama. He really came on strong. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely wrecked that national championship game. Six, five, 310 pound defensive lineman would do wonders for that defense beside uh, alongside Kenny Clark and those edge rushers we already talked about. Not sure if he'd still be there at 29. Um, I also think another likely scenario um, would be uh, for them to trade back a few picks, say maybe to Jacksonville at 33, um, you know, grab, maybe grab another fourth rounder or some of those early second round picks. Um, a couple wide receivers that could potentially be on you know, the market there 
at that time would be maybe a Kadarius Tony out of Florida, a Rondale Moore out of Purdue, my guy who I absolutely love. Um, you know, those guys are going to kind of be borderline first round wide receivers. And if you can gain some draft capital there, um, you know, like I said, with that depth at corner not being quite what everybody's saying it is after the top first three or four guys, um, the wide receiver depth, however, seems like it could be is is pretty solid this year. So, you know, gathering some trap picks, trying to develop some of those young guys, those are definitely a couple scenarios that I could see in Green Bay making some moves on. Way to throw Rondell Moore in there too, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> well, unfortunately, well, he's got to make sure to mention I, the dude. I don't think Rondell's going to go first round, right? I do think that he's going. I, so I, I do think that he's going to end up being probably a thirty to forty-five pick, maybe, maybe sneaks in the end of that first round, but more likely than not, I think he's going to be a second rounder. Um, and you know, I would love to see him. We haven't had kind of a, a tool slot receiver like that in Green Bay. Same thing with Kadarius Tony. Both those guys are are freak athletes. Um, you know, a lot of speed, have the ability to create separation. Um, you know, if we traded back, I think those are very likely candidates from them. Um, if not, I think it's going to take us trading up to get a corner, and we'll see. You know, obviously, we'll wait and see what happens on on draft day. I think Tony's going to go like in the fifteen to twenty five range. That's my guess. Really, you think he's going to go that high? That I, that's just what I've seen yeah. in mock drafts. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and he he's kind of like a better version of Rondell Moore, at least right now. Right. Uh, I mean, R- Rondell Moore, he's had a lot of injuries, right? He has a bad injury history. so Injuries have plagued him, no I doubt. I think that's a big factor, too, in where he'll go in the draft. No doubt. Freak athlete, though. Um, his, uh, his, his spec, oh, yeah. when he's coming in, you know, he just hit a 42. I remember his freshman year at Purdue. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he just hit a 42-and-a-half-inch vertical last week. So, you know, thanks for giving me my moment to talk about my guy, Rondell, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Anything for you, man. Anything for you. Um, all right, so let me move on to my Detroit Lions. Uh, and this also, so my trade also involves. I I don't think the Lions are gonna make any trade for a player. If it is, it's gonna be like a seventh rounder and some, you know, backup linebacker somewhere maybe that played for the Rams uh, just based on the Lions staff right now. But ultimately, I think what they're gonna do as far as a trade goes, what I would do is trade back from this seventh overall pick. I, the Lions are building for the future. They need as much draft capital as they can get, especially with the salary cap being the way it is. And I think one of these quarterbacks is going to fall to number seven. And my guess is that the Washington a football team is going to be the team that trades up for that quarterback. It's probably going to be, I would guess, Trey Lance. Uh, but you never know which quarterback might fall. Um, and I think the Lions are going to get a pretty decent haul. They're at least going to get – so Washington's – Pick is 19th overall this year, um, but I think they'll at least get a second rounder in return and possibly next year's second or next year's first for that type of uh, move up to the top seven. So I, I like that a lot. Um, and then the Lions, you know, when they start building up their roster and everything like that, they can then trade those picks later on for some other players of need like they did at the Rams. Uh, so I really like the Lions trading back. 19, if they, I'm just going to transition this into day one and say who I'd like to get. Um, man, at 19, that's a, that's a tough spot <laughs> to be in the draft. That's where it gets really unpredictable. Um, my hope would be, I mean, this is even at number seven, is that Micah Parsons is who I want most for this Lions defense. But he has some off-the-field issues that are pretty concerning <laughs> with some sexual assault allegations. Uh so I think that's why he might fall in this draft. And if the Lions don't get him at 19, I think that's worth the risk because the guy is extremely legit as an athlete and a linebacker. Um, but if not, uh, you know, that's a reach, a more reasonable one. I've seen Rashad Bateman a lot 
uh, from Minnesota, Remy. So he's slow, <clears throat> but he gets open. He's slow, but he gets open. But you mean to tell me you would trade back? I mean, if it meant if it meant getting the draft capital that you receive, you don't know if you're going to receive that. But you want to pass on potentially like your Jalen Waddles, your Jamar Chases, and Devontae. It's tough. Smith. It's tough. Yeah, I, that is I outstanding. Think... Zach Wilson could even fall there. Ah, uh, I mean, if Zach Wilson falls there, I would grab him in a heartbeat. Big Zach Wilson fan. Uh, here, me at least. A couple least, of my uh, mocks so. have Trey Lance going at like 18, so right around that pick if you do trade back. They're this is a this is a wild. Lance. I mean, all these mock drafts are all over the place. Uh, besides Trevor Lawrence and kind of, and Zach Wilson seems to be a more and more and more every day a consensus number two. Um, but after that, that's where it gets kind of wild. Uh, I've seen Trey Lance as high as number four and as low as, you know, like Jordan Love in the 30s. So, <laughs> See, as uh, a Lions fan, if you guys trade back and were to take a Bateman or somebody, that would be I don't be want Bateman, but that's just who I've seen by. That would be me reliving us taking Laquan Treadwell with guys like Miles Jack still on the it's just so dumb. It doesn't make I, sense. I mean, Trevor so, was awesome in college, man. You can never predict what they're going to be like in the NFL. I, I disagree. I, I mean, I think given where Detroit is right now, there's no reason. Like, if they, if they can get a couple, you know, even if they're two second rounders and, you know, number 19, like, that's, that's going to help a lot because you guys are. I would agree. You, we I need mean, on defense, especially <laughs> defense, more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Although you guys... I, I think the defense, when you get in the middle right here, is not as strong like the prospects. So you just take the best player available, especially when you're rebuilding. And actually, now that I said Bateman, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to rephrase. I, I want Kadarius Tony. That's who I'd want of the players. If you go back and watch his film, he is unreal, unreal. That that is. Uh, I, I can't wait to see these guys forty times too. Uh, I think he's going to light it up. There's no combat Yo. this year. Yeah. Th- th- do you know what they're doing for that exactly? It's been kind of it, It's like virtual I've to me. seen. I've seen virtual, and then I've seen how does that even work virtually, and then I – Yeah. It's going to be, process it's gonna, going it's gonna be a weird offseason. So, so let, let's see. I'll tell you this. If you guys end up drafting Jamar Chase, I will buy his LSU jer- jersey and send it to you. <laughs> How about that? I I would love that. I would wear it. All right, I'd wear it. All right, just to, just to prove a point, you don't pass on Jamar. They, they he, they're saying he <laughs> he's good, man. He, he is good. They're I'm saying not denying he could it. be better than Justin. He was better than Justin Jefferson. Oh, he definitely was. Uh, I, but I, I don't I don't know if he's going to be there at seven. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting because. You know, the team. If needs, he is there, and, and I mean, you take when there's him, this many quarterbacks potentially LSU. going early, a guy like Jamar Chase could fall to number seven. So true, true. Uh, that 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 makes it more interesting. But Remy, I'd, I'd absolutely love that if it happens. <laughs> Got you. Or talking to Coach Coach O voice too, if that helps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible Coach O, but go go Tigers, go Tigers, right. <laughs> go Tigers. All right, uh, Barney, let's throw this over to you. I think. I'm checking this right, right? The Bears have a first-round pick this year? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, double-checking. Right? I, I, I couldn't blame my eyes when I saw it. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think uh, with, with where we're at, uh, especially with the 
incredible skill talent at wide receiver and uh and quarterback there's going to be a lot of guys going um just i mean quarterback is is an issue and that that obviously the bears need to address you know we we never had a single quarterback throw for 4000 yards in a season in our entire franchise history and that is incredible hmm. um you know so uh, as much as I want us to grab one, I really don't know. Like, I don't want to reach. I don't want to trade up because what it would take to trade up from 20, I, I don't even want to think about it. But, hey, you know, if you know who the Justin Herbert is or you know who the Joe Burrow is, by all means, I don't give a shit. Get him. But I don't want Pace the guy who's fucked up every time when picking a quarterback to to be the guy in charge of, of making that decision. So I think, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that, that fit into the, the Bears wheelhouse here. Um, I, I said it before, I think offensive line has got to be priority number one. Uh, I were shit out of luck for the top tackle uh Pini Sewell I don't know if yeah, I'm saying his Slaughter name Slater right. out of uh, or Slater out of Northwestern too he's in the top 5 or top 10 Yeah and but here's the thing about Slater um I'm I'm I am interested to see that would be my dream at who if if he could fall to 20 um he he had an outstanding 2019 year he had five uh hurries the entire year that's going up against guys like Chase Young yep. um shut him down you know, he was outstanding. He's he's absolutely athletic freak. Uh, he's got outstanding footwork. But two things are, are playing into the favor is that he is technically undersized for a tackle. A lot of a lot of scouts are saying he might have to be pushed in to guard. I don't see it. I think he's plenty athletic to stay outside. Uh, he's six three, three hundred. The the prototypical you know tackle. They want somebody six five. Um, so, you know, he might not be the first couple, you know, like guys to, I mean, you gotta be sure if you're picking, you know, in the top 10, if you're going to go after him, he's got to be the guy that you like. Um, and then also, you know, he, he, uh, he opted out and again, with the whole off season and what it's been and, and, and the, the, uh, what they're going to be able to do for the scouts, this could potentially happen. Uh, I don't think it will, but that would be my dream at 20. Uh, a more realistic opportunity would probably be uh, Christian Derrissaw from Virginia Tech. He still might be gone right before that, but um, you know, a lot of the mocks are going in like right around low 20s, uh, early or end of the the teens. But he's a he's a monster six uh, five tackle out of uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, really strong hands. Uh, it's just somebody to take over for uh, Bobby Massey uh, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, Charles Leno if he's gone too. But uh, you know, offensive the offensive line has got to be the priority, in my opinion. I've also seen the name Jalen Mayfield thrown out there too from Michigan, six five three twenty. Yeah, that's a guy I think's gonna go in the second round. I'd 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 be thrilled for him in the second. Another guy I really like that I probably think that I'm hesitant just because you might be able to get him in the second is Creed Humphrey, a center out of uh, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, you know, and, I've seen and him I, in I I think I think the line is actually a lot deeper than than the scouts are letting on. Um, 
And, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm holding out for, for Pat Fitzgerald's highest draft pick in his entire tenure, hopefully. Definitely. Um, what, and what, what would you feel about Mac Jones being drafted to the Bears? I, li- I like, this is kind of the range where a lot of people have him falling. I like Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> If he's good, I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> if he's bad, I'm gonna be pissed. Uh, but I mean, dude, hard hitting analysis. Yeah, but I don't know what to th- I don't know what to make of him. I I like you know the the off the field like you could just see how aggressive he is yeah. and how how uh, you know just how bad he really wants to like win every single play. You can see that kind of stuff. It's so um, it's so hard to say when you have a the talent that he was surrounded with. Yeah, Alabama. Devontae when, Smith when you, when, said he was definitely the better quarterback than Tua too. Yeah, but I mean that's that's a teammate, right? I mean, you see how open th- these guys were. <laughs> that, but that's like that's that's a teammate. There's, I mean, Tua is already in the NFL and was already picked, you know, like whatever, like top top ten. Fifth, yeah. Uh, yeah, fifth. I mean, he's he's probably just trying to, you know, make sure that his, that could just be, you know, teammates speak there. But you know, when you're on Alabama. And you're the quarterback, and you have you know Derrick Henry 2.0, except this guy is an incredible pass catcher too. Uh, you got the offensive line that they do, and you got a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver that's not even the best wide receiver on his team. At least that's what most you know people would would make you believe. Uh, at that point, it's like I, I don't know if I can put all my faith that Mac Jones is as good as his numbers said. But, I mean, just because he's on that good of a team doesn't mean he isn't that good, right? But that's – my mind's in a pretzel. And the <laughs> Bears have fucked me up with quarterbacks. And <laughs> I I just want to – I want to I wanna cop out and just say I want the offensive line taken care of. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, and we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a lot more deeper talks on the draft and all these prospects that we're bringing up. So let's wrap it up here with Remy. And your Minnesota Vikings, what are you going to do, man? The Vikings picking 14th overall in this draft. Yeah, no-brainer, 14. Uh, we talk about where if Trey Lance falls. <laughs> if he is still on the board at 14, you get Trey Lance, and what you do with him is you sit him a year or two until Kirk Cousins uh, contracts and you invest in him. So if he's there, that's what I'm doing if he is at 14. Um, a lot of mocks having him go early. So if he is not there um, – I know I kind of backtrack when I say in my free agency about Leonard uh, Williams, but I've seen multiple mocks about Christian Barmore going to Minnesota at 14. Um, makes sense. Also, Micah Parsons in that way, in that range as well. Um, a lot of decisions to see what you know the Vikings do if they bring back Anthony Barr, if they restructure him, if they cut Kyle Rudolph to make money, more cap space. It, it's it's crazy, but um, you know I'm. I think I'm in in Patrick Sertain too. There, I don't know if you want to add another. These are all possible guys that could fall to 14. You just you don't know. Um, but also with Patrick Sertain too, I don't know if adding another like rookie corner is the greatest thing in Minnesota right now. Um, I mean, assuming we address the corners and free agency, I would I would probably I'd be pretty solid with uh, Christian Barmore. Beef up the D line. So, uh, d- just to recap then, so your dream pick is Trey Lance. 
if right? he's there. Um, I I won't be. Yeah, upset it's your if dream. He's That's why it's there. a dream. He's probably not yeah, gonna be there. I I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then your mo- then your actual prediction that you're gonna draft currently right now is Christian Ooh. Barmore. Okay, well, well, that that's pretty high, uh, um, for him just based on where I've seen him, you know, picked. Because uh, I've seen I've seen Quitey Pay go higher than him. I've seen uh, someone mentioned Gregory Rousseau. I, so I, I think I, I like I like that guy much more than those that than the ones that you're mentioning, Big Big Z. Uh, you know, he he not only absolutely tore up the championship, he absolutely obliterated. Uh, the Irish offensive line, and that's that's a really good unit too. Um, Fair enough. And, yeah, and I think I think you know I I, I agree. You're see you're I'm seeing him you know in the late twenties, and uh, I will be absolutely shocked if he falls past sixteen. All right, you heard it first on the pylon. Christian Barrymore going high in the draft. All right, so we did our. Free agency, we did our trade, and we did our day one draft. Kinger, did you want to add anything to your day one draft? I think you got it all by one. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll cover more of the draft stuff, like you said, later episode. We'll we'll wait and see how it all pans out once these cuts and cap space and all all the players that are all the movement that's about to happen around the league. We'll we'll address it at a later time. Yeah, there's gonna be a boatload of movement as we uh, or as I mentioned earlier uh, with the cap space uh, being lowered. That's going to make it a lot more interesting offseason than even past offseasons because there's going to be a lot of veterans being cut um, and probably taking one-year and two-year deals. If you see all these one-year and two-year deals, don't be surprised because they're going to be hoping that they get their one-year deal, then the salary cap goes back up, then they get a bigger pay next year. So, And that doesn't even include all the people that opted out of last year, their contracts counting on the salary cap this year. So there's like a bunch of weird stuff going on with uh, COVID and the lowering the salary cap and everything. So a lot of factors in play. So there'll be a lot to talk about going forward um, here on the pylon. So we want to thank everybody for listening. Glad to be back talking to you. And uh, we'll be back uh, when there's, uh, we'll, there's a lot of draft talk and a lot of prospects. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Don't worry about it. So thank you everybody for listening. Instagram at the Pylon, Twitter at the Pylon Pod. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, spring's right around the corner, but we'll, we'll uh, just keep battling through it here in the offseason for you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Way to go, Big C. <laughs>